0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, we are talking about Emunah. Emunah means belief in God, but the truth is, we're going to see, it's not really a mitzvah to believe in God. Does that shake anyone? There's no mitzvah to believe in God. Why not? There's a mitzvah to know there is a God. There's no mitzvah to believe in God. Belief is not knowledge. Belief is much less than knowledge. Right? The person says, I believe, doesn't mean they know. They believe. That means there's room for doubt. Room for error. Room for doubt. And the problem with this is that the Rambam wrote all his books in Arabic except for his Mishnah Torah. Okay. So the Arabic was translated into Hebrew by Ibn Tibon and others. And in Sefer Mitzvot, the first mitzvah he brings down over here, if you look at the Hebrew over here, is the mitzvah to believe that there's a God. Wrong! That's not what it means. That's not what he writes. Mitzvah to know there's a God. So it's it's a translation. The translation from the Arabic is a mistranslation. It should be the mitzvah to know there is a God. So mitzvah, the first mitzvah is the mitzvah to know there's a God to know that there is someone who created everything that exists Hashem you have to know that God is the creator that's very very important and that is what we say right at the beginning of the Torah Bereshit Barayakim Hashem created the world and we have to believe that Hashem created the world and where is the actual command the actual command is the first of the, of the commandments, Ten Commandments. Anokhi Hashem Elokecha. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. And I am the Lord your God means I exist. You have to know I exist. You have to know that I exist. And that is the first of the 630 commandments according to Rambam. And then we have to know, mitzvah number two, is to know that there is only one God. Okay, that's mitzvah number two. So mitzvah number one is to know there is a God who is the creator. He's the creator of the world, and he's also the interferer. He's the God who took us out of Egypt. He didn't just create the world and run away. He created the world and is, on a daily basis, involved with the world. How do you know God is involved with in the world? He took us out of Egypt. And if he wants to interfere, he can interfere. Usually he interferes behind the scenes. But if he wants to interfere in a very, very explicit way, he can. He has the power. He can make miracles to interfere. Usually Hashem does not interfere in explicit ways. Hopefully He will at the end of time make miracles like He were before. It says the miracles that will be in the future will be greater than the miracles that came out of Egypt. Unless, of course, we're not worthy. If we're not worthy, then it will happen in a very natural kind of way, which is what's happening right now. But if it happens in a miraculous way, it's going to dwarf anything we've seen so far. It's going to dwarf it. So mitzvah number one is to know there's a God, the creator of the world who know that there is an interferer and to know that he is one. Because there's no two parts to God. There's no creator and there's an interferer. No, that's paganism. That's not Judaism. And that's what we say every day in the Shema. Shema Israel, hear O Israel. It doesn't really mean hear. It means understand Israel. Hashem, the creator God, Elokeinu, is our God. He's a personal God. He's an interferer. He can interfere in our lives. And that's why we pray to God. We pray to God because we believe that He listens. Not only does He listen, but He also can respond. respond. Not only can He respond, but He can also interfere in the workings of the world. Our prayers can change our futures. Our prayers can change our mazal. That's what the Quran says. What do you mean, mazal Israel"? That our prayers can change the workings of the astrology. So even though a person, says born with a certain expiration date, our prayers and our deeds can change that date. A person is meant to be rich, meant to be poor. Our prayers and our deeds can change the decrees. Right now, time before Yom Kippur, ten days of repentance. Our d- three things can break decrees. What are the three things, quickly? Psalm sure. call mamon which is interesting because they all add up to 136, which is the same gematria as the word sulam. Sulam is a ladder, so money can be a ladder. You can use it as a means of climbing, or you can use it as a means of going down. Prayer is a ladder going up to heaven. That was Jacob's ladder, right? Jacob you know, saw a ladder going up to heaven. That's tefillah. And uh, tani, Som there's also a ladder the person can get better become a better person through fasting and, and empathizing with people who don't have right so it's a very very important number one is to believe, to know there's a God and that's what we're talking about tonight is knowing there's a God and number two is to know that God is the creator and the inferior and number two is there's only one God there's no other address if you need something there's only one address to go to where do you go you need something. Turn to Hashem. Kaveh el Hashem. David says, put your faith in God. Put your trust in God. So that is the Rambab in Sefer HaMitzvot. And then, at the beginning of the Mishnah Torah, this is written in Hebrew, and you'll see the language over here is different from the one which is translated into Hebrew from the Arabic. Yesod HaYesodot. This is beautiful, because this he has... Uh, this famous introduction, Yesod HaYesodot, the foundation of all foundations. Ve'amud and the pillar of wisdom. If you look at these four words, Yud kevav ke. Yesod starts with Yud, HaYesodot starts with He, Ve'amud starts with Vav, and HaKochma starts with He. So Yud kevav ke is God's name. He put God's name right into it. Leda, to know doesn't say to believe it's interesting this is the original Hebrew of the Rambam to know there is there is an original creator there is a creator now why do you say there is There's a first creator because everything was created by a process what started the whole process of creation was Hashem Hashem started the process of creation and Hashem through the process of creation created everything and that's the difference between Bara and Yatsar, right? But if she Bara, what's Bara? Bara means creation of something from nothing. Exnihalo. It's called Exnihalo. Creating of something from nothing, Hashem created the world from nothing, which is impossible for anyone else to do. It's impossible. Science cannot create something from nothing. What they can do is take something which existed and change it. But they cannot create something from nothing, not yet. And probably never. Because that is the ability of the Creator, Baruch and he created everything that's here from heaven and earth and whatever's in between and that's exactly what Jonah. we're going to read the book of Jonah on Yom Kippur and the book of Jonah when they ask him who are you he says I'm an Ivri and I believe in the God who created the heaven and the earth that's what I am I'm a, I believe in one God who created everything okay so if a person does not believe in God, the Creator, he says, there will be no creation. You can't believe in a creation without a Creator. And nothing would exist without God. So everything here comes about because of God. So that's very important. This is, this is what we call emunah, but it's not really emunah. It's not faith. This is not faith. This is knowledge. This is something we have to transmit to our children. I know that there's a God. A person has to be so 100% definite. Just like I know there's a table over here. I know there's a book right in front of me. I know there's people around me. A person has to say, I know there's a God. It's impossible. It is impossible for God not to exist. Why? And you ask anyone, the only question people have about God is, why did God create evil? right? A person who believes in God or knows there's a God has only one question. Why is there evil in the world? A person who doesn't believe in God has a big bigger question. Why is everyone else why who, who created everything else? Who created everything? So a person who believes in God only has one question why did God create evil? A person who doesn't believe in God, who created everything? Where did everything come from? Got many questions. So it's important to know that there is a God. That's the first mitzvah in, in the Torah. I'm the Lord your God, the mitzvah of Shema Yisrael. There's only one God who is the creator and an interferer now. And that we just hit a very important point. The difference between Emunah and bitachon. What is the difference between Emunah and bitachon? We're going to study the book, Duties of the Heart, and we're going to go through the Shara bitachon. Now what is bitachon? Bitachon means trusting God. What is the difference between knowing there is a God and trusting in God? Right? what's the difference between knowing there's a God and trusting in God and that's the difference between a creator and an interferer if I believe God is a creator I, try, I know there's a God but how does it affect me? there's no relationship between me and God he created the world and he's way above me and that's what Einstein said he's way above me and he has no relationship to me just like a human being has no relationship to the ant he passes on the street why would God pay attention to human beings that are so lowly and so pathetic right? that's Einstein That's not Judaism. Judaism says, no, God created, but he also is the interferer. He took us out of Egypt. He interfered. And that's why Shabbat has got both concepts, right? In one place it says Shabbat, keep Shabbat. Why? Because God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh day. The second time it says uh, Shabbat in the second uh, Ten Commandments, it says because you were slaves in Egypt and God took you out of Egypt. And therefore you're not slaves anymore. How do we show we're not slaves? By resting. When we rest, we're showing we're not slaves. When we rest, we're showing that we believe God's created. So there's two aspects of rest. One is to show we believe in creator, God the creator. And the other aspect is we believe in God the interferer. It's interesting, Shabbat has both connotations. We believe in God the creator, and we believe in God the interferer. And Shema Israel is we put them both together. God the creator is God the interferer, and there's only one God. Only one God. So now, what's the difference between emunah bitachon? Emunah is knowing there's a God, but what does that got to do with me? Bitachon is, I know that God cares about me, and I trust in God. In God we trust, as it says on the dollar bill. I don't know if people people even read it, I don't know if people know what's going on. What does it mean? In God we trust, and the answer is, trusting means, I believe God can interfere in my life, I believe God wants what's good for me, and I believe if I pray to him, he does things for me, if he wants to. Okay, so that's trust. That's the thing, and bitachon. Emuna is knowledge that God exists. It's not faith. Emuna is not faith. It's a bad translation. Emuna is knowledge. Uh, just like when we say amen, amen means emet. It's true. So, too, when a person says, I have emuna," it doesn't mean I have faith. It means, I know for sure it's true. I know it's true, that God exists. True, It's true. So in, uh, in the Mishnah Torah, Rabbim used the word "leda," which is better. It's not, it doesn't mean to believe. It means to know that God exists. A person, a Jew, has to know that God exists. And a Jew has to know also, because we knew from experience, that God does interfere if he wants to. And that's bitachon. I believe that God can help me in my life. I believe, I know that God can help in my life. If he wants to, he can help me. And I have trust in Him that He will help me. So a person with trust in God, David Abelach okay. says, HaBoteach BaHashem, if you trust in God, Chesed yev- You will be surrounded by kindness. Psh, that's a very beautiful idea. So in other words, our thought processes, and that's something we have to work on. It's not got to work on their bitachon. Our thought processes alone will create the aura of trust, Chesed. Will be surrounded by kindness. When you trust in God, God says, I'll surround you with kindness. Psh, that's a beautiful way of doing it. It's all depending on our trust. The more people trust in God, the more kindness they have. What is the highest level of trust in God? And this is a very, very important rule. The highest level of trust is. The highest level of trust is. Who can tell me? highest level of trust is. Od Milvado. Milvado. There is nothing else apart from God. Right? Uh, that was a famous story in the Holocaust, right? When the great rabbi told his son, he said, my son, I'll give you a tip. If you just think in your head there's no other power but God, you'll be able to get out of here. So it says, he, yeah, you know that one? I think it's Rabbi Baruch Ber, uh, his uh, son, Robert Ber the Brikachim world. He told us that if you just think all the time in Omed you're okay. So it says he was I think going on the train, huh? Maybe. Behind the maybe No problem. Everything has a source. So it says he was on the train and every time the Nazis would stop him, the, he would get scared. And as, as soon as he got scared, they started looking at his papers. Then he started thinking about it in There's no other power but God, and they just go ahead. they passed it by it's a very powerful idea but a person really has to believe there's no other power in heaven or earth except Hashem Hashem is the only power and once a person believes in that 100% and knows that that's trust in God that's how a person trusts in God and the famous story is that a rabbi was giving me a shir once don't hold it against me and he says if you really trusted in God you wouldn't have to go to work so the guy said okay the rabbi says not to go to work I trust in God. So I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to stay home. Right? He stayed home one day, two days, three days. His wife says, where's the money? Come on. He said, okay. So he goes back to the rabbi. He said, rabbi, he said, if I trust in God, I won't have to work. I'm trusting in God. Nothing happened. He said, do you really trust in God? He said, yeah. He said, okay. If you really trust in God, I will buy from you your salary that God is going to send you. So how much do you need? How much do you need a month? He said, 2,000 rubles a month. Okay. That's a lot of money. And okay, so the rabbi said, Listen, I'll give you a hundred rubles down payment. Will you sell me your two thousand rubles? So, sure. Give me hundred rubles. That's so where I can go home to my wife. Sell her. I said, No, that's not how it works. If you really believe you're going to get two thousand, you're not going to sell it for hundred. So, the fact that you're willing to sell it shows you don't really believe. So, to really live this life and really have emunah, it really needs a lot of work. We need to get to that level where a person has to really believe that God will help. A person doesn't really believe, like, we have to be like Nachshon bin Amin Adab. What did Nachshon do? He jumped into the sea up to his neck. He, he, he really risked his life. He believed so strongly that God is going to save and open the sea that he was in it completely. And that's what a person has to be. He's going to be in it completely. Then God splits. And that's why it says that two things are like crossing the sea. Parnasah. Person really got to be in it, involved in it, and really Moser nefesh. And same thing with a marriage. Person really a person who's scared to jump in the water will never get married, because marriage is like jumping into the sea. You don't know what's going to happen. With all the best, I mean, look at the statistic today with the, with the immoral society. They live together five years, they get married, they split up a few minutes, a few days after. But they live together five years, they know each other inside out. Does that help? No, doesn't seem to help. Something to do with the institution of marriage. That it's like reverse psychology. When you're tied up, you want to get out. When you're free, yeah, okay. So I'll spend another another year, another two years, okay. So, so all this, all the garbage about finding out about the girl and finding about this, find, you can find out all you want. If you live together, and you start knowing each other, then you'll know really what the person's like. You don't live together, and even if you live together, you don't know what the person's like. It's only when you get married or you finally find out how the person is like. That's very strange. So it really requires a lot of faith. It's a leap of faith. Getting married is a leap of faith and that's why people don't want to get married. They don't have the faith. More people don't have the faith. We need the faith. Person's going to have faith in themselves. You know, faith in Hashem will make it work. It's a, it's a miracle. Marriage is a miracle and you've got to keep working at it. But a person trust in God so there's a famous story, it says, and I think the, he's going to bring it down, the story um, The story is that this man was in Israel and he could make a living. He's a religious guy. And he goes, he says, listen, let me move to a different country to uh, make a living. So he goes to that country, and over there, there's a, he gets into a discussion with a, a secular person, he tries to persuade him, there's a God, there's a God, and so a secular so, so person says, but if you really believe in there's a God, why did you, you have to come here to earn your parnassa? <laughs> he's trying to persuade him there's a God. And the guy tells him, Yeah, but if you really believed in God, you wouldn't have to come here to make a living. God is in Israel as well, so why do you have to leave Israel to come here? So the guy says, Okay, you're right, he's right, I'm going back. <laughs> he went back, and he made a living somehow. He, People live in Israel. It's amazing how people live in Israel because that's what you need. You need, you need to have total trust in God to live in Israel. Even the most secular. Now I seeing today that there's a, there's a whole movement of secular Jews. They call them chelani, but they're not really Chiloni. Going to the Arizal's mikveh. Hundreds. Now, today. Hundreds of Jews went, Arab, Yom Kippur, from Tel Aviv, from all the other places. Huh? For, well, it's a minhag. for people that are not... Uh they are not keeping Shabbat I just heard today it's halakha, for them to go specifically it's halakha whatever halakha well, they wanted to go they go they went it's amazing hundreds of people are going to the mikvah hundreds of men are going to mikvah why? so they asked him why aren't you he says yeah but I have a spark inside me <laughs> every Jew has a, he says every Jew has a spark we feel it we feel the need to go and purify ourselves before Yom Kippur it's amazing it's beautiful to see it's beautiful so knowing God is a positive commandment. As it says, the first of the Ten Commandments, Ramam says, "Anochi Hashem I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. So that's a positive commandment, to know there's a God, and to know that God can do creator and interferer. He's a creator and interferer. So that brings us, Emunah is the creator aspect, Bitachon is the interferer aspect. And that's what we have to believe. And we said last time, Belief in God and trust in God has tremendous advantages. Tremendous advantages. (laughs) Number one, it gives a person serenity and peace of mind. The person really trusts in God. And it's very hard. I mean, especially you're driving or you're going by train somewhere and you're late for a meeting. This will help us to know if you have trust in God not. And a person gets nervous. I'm missing my meeting. It's an important meeting. I might get the job. Don't get the job. I'll get late to work and they'll throw me out. Who is the person who had the most trust in God? Nachomish Gamzu. Nachomish Gamzu, nothing faced him. Imagine. The story is, he's taking the treasure. He has a box of treasure to take to the emperor of Rome. And on the way, he stayed in the inn. And in the inn, the crook, the innkeeper and his wife, planned and they took away his treasure and they put earth from their backyard in the box. In the morning, he wakes up, looks open, they, they open the box and say, there's no treasure here, there's dirt. Go back. I'm not faced. Nothing faces me. Everything's in God's hands. So there's dirt, there's treasure, I don't care. He goes to the emperor. The emperor opens the box. Hey, there's dirt over here, put him in jail. <laughs> Hashem makes a miracle. The angel comes, tells the king, hey, the Jews are not fools. They won't give you earth. It must be magic earth. It must be the earth that Abraham Avinu used to fight his war against the four kings. So the king says, yeah, maybe. Okay, keep him in jail until we'll dry it out. The Germans are attacking. The Huns and the Visigoths and those guys. Nothing's changed. So let's use this earth against them. And he sends it with the army, and they throw the earth. And miracles, these guys run away. It's a miracle. A miracle. So the troops come back. And he gives Nachamish Gamzu treasures to take back home. Imagine. The earth, if he would not give the treasure to the emperor, he'd lose everything. He gave the earth to the emperor, and the emperor gives him back treasures. That's wild. That's, that's what his bitachon did. That's what his trusted God did. Now, on the way back, it's, it's a curious story. On the way back, he goes back to the same inn. That's, you know, you're putting your, your life in, in the hands of these crooks over here. Goes back to the same hotel. That's how much trust he had. He didn't change a thing. He goes back, to the same hotel, stays at the same hotel. He tells them the story, and this time they leave the treasure. And they said, "Hey, we got a great idea. The earth in our backyard must be magic. We'll take a whole wagon load to the king, emperor." So they took a whole wagon load to the emperor. Say, "Hey, you ready? The end of the earth." And they tell them the whole story how they tricked the Jew and they put the thing. The king said, "Yeah, okay. Put them in jail. Let's try out the earth." <laughs> he tried the earth. This earth did not work, and he had them killed. It's a, it's a very tragic story, but you see this faith of, of Nachum Ish Gamzu. Nothing fazed Nachum Gamzu. Nachum Gamzu was the rabbi, Rabbi Kiva. Now Rabbi Kiva couldn't find a rabbi. Why? First question is, how old are you? I'm 40 years old. And what do you know? Do you know Aleph I don't know Aleph Bet. Goodbye. See you. What does Nachum Gamzu say? Gamzu Toba. Because of Nachum Gamzu, Rabbi Kiva, he starts learning to the age of 40 and he asks questions no one ever asked before. Who, why is the shape of the letters like this? I don't know. No one ever asked that question before. <laughs> so he writes a book, Ot de Rabbi Akiva. Today we have a book. Our school has translation into English, the alphabet, the Jewish alphabet. the Symbolism of the letters. Who found out the symbolism of the letters? Rabbi Akiva. Why? Because he studied the letters at the age of 40. He asked questions that kids don't ask. Why the shape of the aleph? Why the shape of the bed? No one knows. Why the crowns of the letters? No one knows. Rabbi Akiva learned thousands of laws from these crowns. In fact, the the Gemara says in Benachot that when Moshe Rabbeinu saw God writing the Torah, he saw God writing the crowns. He said, Why are you writing these crowns? He said, There'll be a rabbi who learned thousands of these laws from these crowns. He says, Show me this rabbi. He says, Go behind me. We have the first story of time travel. Moshe Rabbeinu goes behind Hashem, ends up in the eighth row of Rabbi Akiva Shir. In the eighth row, that means. The first row is the top students. The eighth row is not the, the greatest students. He's in the eighth row. And he's, you know, he sees Rav Akiva. He says, wow, this guy's a genius. Hashem, why do you give the Torah through him, not through me? Why, do, why did you give it through him? Hashem says, don't ask questions. But that's the greatness of Rav Akiva. And plus, he learned every et in the Torah. He learned the drasha and every et. Every time he says the word et, it's extra. He learns the drasha. Three big things we get from Rav Akiva. At least three things. Many other things as well. The three things is, number one is, he writes the symbolism of the letters. Number two, he learned laws from the crowns. And number three is, every et in the Torah, he was doresh. He learned something from it. That's the beauty of trust. So number one is, trust gives a person serenity and peace of mind. A person with trust in God will never get flustered. Oh boy, it's so hard. A person gets worried and flustered, that means we don't trust. But the truth is, there is a side to say, Because we find Yaakov Avinu was worried. Right? So, how come Yaakov Avinu, when Esau was coming with 400 men, says Yaakov was scared and worried? Why was Yaakov Avinu worried? (laughs) So Rashi says, maybe he did something to annul God's Hashkechah. Maybe he did something so bad that Hashem is not going to protect him. So as we see, there is a worry. The worry is, not that God is not going to protect us, the worry is maybe we interfered with God's hashgachah by doing something where it makes us unworthy. It's a very, it's a very high level. That's a very really high level. Um, but you know what? There's a level above that. The level above that is... Even your mistakes. Even your mistakes. A person should have trust in God. If you, have, if, you, if you trust in God's kindness and Hanun el-rachum be person believes that God is merciful and kind, that is enough of a zikhot to give a person protection it's, it's, a wild, it's a wild concept it's a wild concept even though a person not really worthy and so Moshe Rabbeinu says at the end I prayed for a free gift even though I'm not worthy I may not be worthy and you know what it's better for a person not to rely on their merits a the person says God I'm worthy oh yeah let's see let's check no Hashem I'm not worthy That's, you know, this is a very important introduction to Yom Kippur how does a person pray in Yom Kippur Hashem I'm not worthy I'm relying on your kindness I'm relying on your mercy and I put, not just relying on it, I trusted it. I trusted you, Hashem, and your kindness and your mercy. And that trust, that act of trusting in that kindness and mercy is enough to push a guy off the edge. And plus the merit of the teshuvah, which is tremendous. We don't even understand the merit of teshuvah. Just the mitzvah of teshuvah is so powerful. That merit the mitzvah of teshuvah pushes a person to the kap zichut. Pushes a person to the kap zichut. So it gives a person serenity and peace of mind. A person must trust God like a servant trusts his master. Now, we have no concept of what is a servant trusting his master. We don't know what that means. I don't be a servant, and I'd have, I'm not a master. So. But say a kid trusts his parents. Little kid. Daddy, get me this. Daddy, get me that. Trust completely that you can do it. That's the level of trust in Hashem. Hashem should be like a celestial parent who has the power to do anything. And there's no limits. David Abel says in Psalms, <laughs> God says, Open your mouth. Ask for whatever you want. Someone asked me yesterday, two days ago, Can we pray for miracles? And the answer is, yes. Of course you can. How do we know? Because Moshe Rabbeinu is stuck. The people are driving him crazy. Why? They want meat. So he goes to Hashem and he says, Where am I going to get meat? He said, What's the problem? So Hashem said, What's the problem? So we don't understand. There's millions of people. How am I going to get meat to feed all these people? Hashem says, my hand's small. Exactly. Hayad Hashem Tikser is Hashem's hand. Sure. Short. Yeah. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know Hashem's hand. I mean, he couldn't imagine that Hashem can provide meals for everyone. That's that's a very surprising question. But well, obviously, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't even think about it. Like he, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't couldn't imagine that all the people are going to have meat from where? The middle of a desert? Where from? Are you going to get where? Well, he says, "Am I going to get with well, flocks and meat and?" The, What's says most of the miracles up until that point had been something meaning a miracle coming from something yeah, which already existed so where's this miracle come from, I don't have flocks this was the first layer of, out of nowhere out of nowhere, it's not really out of nowhere but it came from somewhere outside the camp where he had no concept, there is such a thing the slav flies in, actually it flies in these flocks of birds and birds and birds and birds for 30 days they were eating me. 30 days, the whole camp until it was coming out then <laughs> So it's, uh, it's amazing that a person must trust in God, so really like a little kid trusts his parents. You know, a little kid doesn't, doesn't worry. A little kid has no worries. Unless he goes to school and the kid, uh, he's bullied by someone or a teacher, starts on them and he has nightmares, but usually little kids do not worry because daddy's gonna take care of it. Mommy's gonna, when a kid is holding his parents' hand, it's like security and love they get from the parents. It's enough, they're happy. So, you know, person. What do, what do kids really need? Security. That's why it's important that parents get along, because then they give their, their children a sense of security. And that security gets a person to, into a good frame. Of mind. The children, the, you can see children who are, are raised securely. And that's why today there's, there's different research about putting a, letting your kid sleep in your bed or not letting kids sleep in bed. It's always different. Uh, this, the cycle keeps on going round and round. Uh, is it good to kid, send the kid home to his, his room, make him cry, and let him sleep by himself? Or is it not good for a kid to cry to sleep? So that every time it changes. And now they're saying it's not good for a kid to cry alone. It's better for the kid to feel secure. Even though you have to put him in your bed and make him feel secure, but you know what, that kid later on is going to be much more secure in life. And that's the, that's the, latest, that's the latest research. The kid who is left to cry in his own bed may be less trouble when he's young, but eventually that kid is not going to be as secure as the kid who is given security at a young age. So it's it's an interesting concept. So, how do we get security? We have to trust in God. And that's what Prophet Yerum says Blessed is a person who trusts in Hashem, Hashem will be his security. Okay? So, praiseworthy is the man who's made Hashem his trust in Teelim. Cursed is a person who trusts in people. That's a very, that's a very rough one. That's Yehuda. When the person says, "You know, I got a headhunter," the headhunter will find me a uh, person. Or oh, I got a Shad Khan, the Shad Khan will find me a person. No, the person's going to realize these things are all messengers of God. I believe in God, and God has many messages. Listen, in my life—I've seen many things. Hashem has done things, amazing things, amazing things. Left field, left field, amazing. Just when the mazal goes on, He sends you a messenger. And that person's gotta grab it when the messenger comes, that's the problem. <laughs> Sometimes we turn it down. No, Hashem opens the door for you, don't close the door. Hashem opens the door, it's amazing. Sometimes Hashem is making miracles all the time. If Hashem wants to do anything, he can do it. Hashem ayn. The salvation of God is like the blinking of an eye. It's amazing. It's immediate. It's immediate. Amazing. So the person has to have that emuna. I trust in God that what? Even if something bad happens, it's a preparation of something good. I Many people they go to the hospital and they find a uh, for something else, and they find a growth or whatever. And they cure the guy. And he would never have known. He wouldn't have gone to the hospital in the first place. So sometimes it happens that yeah, that's why we have to say Gam Zura Torah. However, he says the opposite is true as well. A person relies on their own wisdom or their own skill, and this is a very big danger. It's one of the mitzvah in the Torah to remember every day. Hashem gave us the strength to be great. The person great, says, I am the greatest. That is the first step downhill. And we know what happened to the guy who said, I'm the greatest. He gets Parkinson's or whatever it is and does it. Okay. So it's very important for a person not to rely on their own wisdom, their own skill, their own strength, or their own efforts. Why? They're going to waste their energy, become exhausted. Ultimately, their ingenuity is going to fail. This is David Amelech. David Amelech goes to meet Goliath. How many stones did he have? One. Five. Two? Three. three Five. I think it's three. I think it was three. Three or four. Sure. He has a few. He takes a few stones, a few and uh, because you know, it's not a joke. I mean he, the Goliath had a helmet. He had a metal. metal helmet covering his forehead. I mean it's a miracle. The miracle after miracle. I think the first stone knocks it off and the second stone goes Or some people say the stone went right through the negotiation of the angels yeah okay it's amazing so David Abbedak trusting Hashem going to meet this giant with a couple of rocks and uh, maybe miracle so a person should rely on anything if they do rely on other things sometimes it's taken away from them it. Barman is horrible it's horrible Person's gotta think at the back of the mind. I go, I'm going to the doctor because he's the messenger of God. The doctor is not the one who cures. It's very important to think that. And that's why there's a tefillah, to say before a person goes to take medicine. That this, and Shukan brings this down, is the most least known prayer. One of the least known prayers. Shokan brings it down, a person's going for a procedure taking medication, should say this Tfilah that Hashem is the one who's going to send me the refuah. So it's very important not to believe that the doctor is the one who's curing me. The doctor can be the messenger of God, but the doctor is not God. The doctor is just acting as the messenger of God. Now it's interesting, very, very fascinating. Makhluk between the Ramban and the Rambam. The Ramban says a person shouldn't go to, to doctors. Maybe that was true in those days. <laughs> he himself was a doctor. I suppose you try and rely on God straight away. We had this debate in the Gemara. Remember in the Gemara in Brachot? Hiskiyahu HaMelech hid the book of healing. Why did he heal the book of healing? So what says because it didn't work anymore. The medications changed, the bodies changed, physiology changed. Okay, and that's what Rambam says. Rashi says he hid the book of healing because no one was praying to God. They were going to the book of healing and they forgot about God. So according to Rashi, it was an issue of People stopped having trust in God. They went instead to the doctor. And that's the Ramban says, you shouldn't go to the doctor. Trust in God, that's it. We're not on that level today. It's a very high level. And the Ramban says, no, Ramban says, you should go to the doctor and believe that he's the messenger of God. Because God gave power to the doctor to heal. As the Torah says in Pasha Mishpatim, He will surely heal. But a person starts... Depending on certain things, they're lost. Nothing works. Nothing will work. So a person's got a sense, it's interesting, it's, it's very fascinating. We have to do hishtadut. We have to believe that God works through the hishtadlut I'll do my hishtadlut I'll try my best, and God will do it for me. If I don't try my best, Hashem says, where's well, the vehicle? Everyone needs a kli. To get something, you need a vessel. It has to be a vessel. So you prepare the vessel. How do we know this? So of Elisha, right? Elisha asked the woman, says, What do you have in the house? Shunami. She said, A little bit of oil. She said, okay, bring the oil. And go and borrow empty vessels from your neighbors. What do you need empty vessels for? And the answer is, she can't pour the oil unless there's vessels. <laughs> and that's true of God's blessing. God's blessing needs vessels. So what is the vessel? The vessel is you try and do something to pray, prepare the for the energy to come in. You can't just ask God for the energy with no vessel. And that's a famous joke, right? The joke is the guy is praying to God. God, I want to win the lottery. Please help me win the lottery. And then he goes to sleep and he hears his voice. The least you can do is buy a ticket. <laughs> I mean, you want to win the lottery. Okay. The truth is, if you're going to win the lottery, Hashem will make you find a ticket as well. I don't know. That's my policy. I don't, I don't buy tickets. So, Be'er Hashem. Bezrat Hashem. If God wants to give, He is amazing. I know stories... The guy learning in Kollel, and all of a sudden his, his neighbor passed away. She's an old lady and she left all her money to him. Because he used to help her. Who else? Her, her, her family never helped her, and this guy's helping her. His children would go take out the garbage and this and that. Listen, there's many shluchim la Hashem has many messengers. Hashem was supposed to be rich, he'll be rich. It's amazing. He'll open the doors. Masai, he'll open the doors. But we have to try as well. But we shouldn't believe that what we're doing is the thing that's causing it. It's Hashem behind the scenes. Another advantage of trusting in Hashem is that a person will not flatter and be beholden to anyone else. The person says, you know what? I work for my boss. My boss is up here. I don't care about anything else. I don't have to flatter anyone. I don't suck up to anyone. I don't have to depend on anyone. I don't have to worry about getting to people's good graces. I don't have to flatter anyone. And therefore, he says, it's very important. And a person will not be intimidated by them I will not be afraid to argue against them if they do something wrong. So then a person will be free to express their opinions. Right? So a person trust in God, not dependent on other people, will not need their favours, not worry about the favours Hashem will give me. i am not worry about that. I don't need favours from him. Another benefit of trusting God is a person who relies on Hashem will be able to detach themselves from worldly concerns like worrying about their livelihood. Now that is a very again all these things are very high levels. Bitachon is there's no end, there's no in other words there's, there's, there's great as a gradient. It's not like I have bitachon 100. percent No, we all have different levels of bitachon. Everyone has certain levels of bitachon. If you didn't have bitachon, you wouldn't go to work. You'd be paranoid. Right? I wouldn't be. I wouldn't drive in the parkway. I tell you, it's crazy. <laughs> if you don't have bitachon, you have to have some level of trust in God just to go out in the morning. A person who has no level of trust in God will not go do anything. he be scared to do anything. To live in this world today, you have to have trust in God. It's amazing. Trust in God. It's, like... it's amazing because today a person could be in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's so many things going on, right? But I was reading about the, the, the bomb in Manhattan on 23rd Street or whatever it is. And the woman was saying, you know, Thank God I, I missed it. You know, Just being in the, wrong, uh, in the right place at the wrong time, uh, you know, being in the right place at the wrong time, or the right, wrong place at the right time, it's so easy. We don't know what's going on. If the person has to trust in God. Anywhere you walk today, who knows what's going to happen? Look at the trains. Crazy. A is sitting on a train, and the crane strashes in the station. What am I going to do? I'm not going to go to work tomorrow. We're going to go on a train. I can't trust the trains. Truth is, it's crazy, the trains. How could this happen? And then just yesterday, whatever, again. Long Island, whatever but a person has to have a minimum amount of trust just to go outside otherwise a person won't go outside a person won't cross the street so it's very important to trust in God the trust gives a person tranquility peace of mind complacency about worldly affairs and it helps the person in life otherwise the person will be crazy uh, let me give you an example who's that real wealthy person um, very very wealthy mm-hmm. Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes was a lunatic eventually. He had a phobia about infections, disease. So he would wear gloves, he would wear a mask, and then eventually he wouldn't allow, if he, if, he, if he would open the handle of the door, he would first wipe it first. He would with gloves on, he'd wipe it, make sure there's no germs. He wouldn't see a single human being face to face. Because he got to the point where he's so scared of germs, he was terrified to be in a room with someone else. Michiganer, complete Michigan, is so the billions and billions of dollars, and he's mad, and he's still making money. That which is a funny thing, he was still making money, and if you buy his stock till today, you're still making money. How it is, amazing. So, so God blessed him with wealth, but it didn't help him at all. He was mad, completely mad. He didn't have a great, he had a great life the first half of his life, but when he became like a social hermit, and plus uh, with all these phobias. Paranoia. Crazy. So all the money in the world didn't help him. So a person needs some trust in God. So a person who trusts in God is safe from illness and disease unless the sickness, he says, comes to atone for a transgression. So a can, the trust will keep a person going. The trust in God itself is fuel yeah. enough. Amazing. It's a fuel to get a person stay well. Is a fuel to get a person a job. Fuel is the trust. And a person trusting God will be rewarded for his trust both in this world and the world to come. And that's what he said before, Tehilim, Laman Bet, a person who trusts in God will be surrounded with chesed. Chesed in this world and chesed in the next world. Beautiful. So, okay. Now what else does trust in God give a person? Happiness. A person who doesn't have a trust in God will never be happy. Imagine people sleeping, go to sleep. And they can't sleep. You know why? They worry about this, worry about that, worry about that. Uh-huh. And happens to the best of us sometimes. You worry about this, worry about that, worry about that. You worry about your kids, worry about this one, that one. This one's not married, this one's not having children, this one's that, that, crazy. You go crazy. A person will go crazy. A person has to have trust in God. You won't be able to sleep at night. That's why a lot of people today cannot sleep at night. It's a fact. A lot of people today cannot sleep at night, they take sleeping pills. Oh, they go got Benadryl. I know what they have today. There are all sorts of stuff you can get to so sleep well at night. Why can't you sleep at night? I guarantee you, if you come to sleep hot every morning, and you come to shoe at night, and you go home afterwards, you've got to sleep like a baby. I guarantee, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Now, Shalom al says, very interesting. He says, a worker's sleep is sweet, whether he has much or little to eat. For so the rich man's abundance does not have him sleep. Marbe nechaseem, marbe da'aga. This is such an irony. The more a person has, the more worries they have. Imagine, a person goes, you know, I can't sleep with stocks. I can't sleep. You buy stock, and then you look at the news. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. And the more a person has, it, it's down. Think at night, they go to sleep at night. Like a yo-yo, yo, like a yo-yo. It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. Okay, well, It's volatile. When it's, everything's going up, everyone's happy. <laughs> All of a sudden, crash. 2008. What was the other one before that? 2001, was it? 2001. And then before that, 19? Can't remember. 1998, was it? 65, I don't remember that far back. <laughs> but it was crashes. Oh. So people can sleep at night. People jumped out windows. 9.29. Oh, gosh. So now a person never had anything in the first place. For him, doesn't make a difference. It's ironic. That here we are in the richest country in the world, which is really the pure, poorest country in the world. What's the, what's the natural debt? Almost well, 20 trillion. 20 trillion. How much is that per person? 25,000? More? 30,000, 30, 30, something. Crazy. And yet, people sleep at night. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, there's a joke. The joke is the guy can't sleep at night. So he's sleeping, tossing and turning, tossing and turning. His wife says, What's going on? Mendeley. Mendele, what's going on, Mendeley? The guy says, I owe I owe Yitzhak $50,000. I can't sleep at night. I said, why, why can't you sleep? Go, go tell him you're not going to pay him. Let him not sleep at night. <laughs> 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 Very simple. Go tell him you're not going to pay him. Now he can't sleep at night. You can sleep, but he can't sleep. <laughs> Americans are sleeping well. You know why? What do you have to do? devalue the dollar. The Chinese will lose. Whoever invests in American bonds will lose. Oh, well, yeah. Look at the British. Brexit. You know how much value the, the pound has lost? 30% or more. It's got, every day it's going down. And you know what they're saying now? Let it go down more. What's the problem? As long as you don't own other currencies, you're fine. <laughs> for a British guy living in England, it doesn't make a difference for him. Okay, imports are more expensive, but maybe they'll cut down on the imports. I don't know. It's, it's amazing. It's, uh, so, trusting in God. So it's uh, ironic. The person who has less worries less. The person who has more, it should be the other way around, right? The person who has more will say, hey, i got so much money in the bank, I don't have to worry about it. No, it's in the bank. How much is insured? Only 250000 Oh no, I'm going to do the rest of it. I'll put it in five different banks. And what about if this bank fails? Oh no, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's the irony. A person has to have trust. A person doesn't have trust. So a person relies on their money, that money will stand in the way of God. Because they're not relying on God, they're relying on their money. It's scary. So it's interesting, on the dollar bill it says, in God we trust, but the truth is people trust in the dollar. They don't trust in God. So a person has no money, there's no one else to trust him. The truth is a person loses everything in one second. We just, every, we don't know. We, it's, so same thing with health. A person has health, you know what, a person loses health in one minute. So and we were just, we were walking down the road on Friday night. I'll never forget this, gosh, this is scary. Friday night, we came out of Shul on South 4th. A guy races his car engine, whee, screeching, bursts through the red light and smashes into another car. Right in front of our very eyes. It could have been, thank God we weren't on that, on that place. Thank God. We didn't cross the road that time. In the middle of nowhere. nowhere. So now just think about the other person, he, he ruined someone's life. I don't know if anyone got killed, I don't think so. So I looked in the newspaper, I couldn't find anything. <laughs> thank That's God. ironic. There was nothing in the, in the news, nothing. But it was quite a smash. So can you imagine, out of the blue, one minute everything's okay, next minute, could ruin someone's life, but not. So we have to have trust in God. Otherwise, a person won't sleep at night. Really, honestly. So a person who has trust in God will not rely on their wealth, and they'll know the wealth is given to them for a good purposes tonight. It's kaparot. It's good. It's a good time to talk about it. We give money to stakar. It's given to us in trust. And uh, the person won't be too, too uh, upset, even though it's very upsetting. So there's a bracha to be said on making money. The bracha to be said on losing money, right? When, when the person wins the he does. <speaking in Hebrew> the person loses it, he says, <speaking in Hebrew> And the Quran says you have to say the bracha with the same gusto, which is so hard to understand. What does that mean? If I trust in God, what difference does it make? God can take, and God can give, God can take, and God can give, I trust in Him. He's doing everything for, my be- for the best. It's very hard to understand, but a person has to have trust. And a person has trust the life will be smooth sailing. Because everything is, I trust in God. Emuna is, I know there's a God. But bitachon is, it's like a safety belt. Right? The car is the emuna. I'm in a car. But, now I feel secure. The bitachim is the person's security. That's what bitachon is, so there's security. A, there's this book by the Munah, basically. Munah is a source of all... All trouble is because of lack of Munah. Yeah, okay. So really, there's two things. There's lack of a Munah, which is lack of knowledge that God exists. Mm-hmm. And then there's bitachon, which is lack of knowledge that God interferes in my life and looking after me right now. That's what he said in bitachon. So there's two things. One is knowledge of God. That's what he said, Hashem created the world knowledge that God is a creator but maybe it's not interfering in me and that's what coming out of Egypt tells us that God not only created the world but is also involved with the world that's what so Bitachon is bitachon impossible he did both Emunah is there is a creator what's he going to do with me? now he's going to bring him down to me that's that's well, I mean, I'm just saying. You, a you, can't have, you can't have Emunah without Bitachon. Yeah. you can't you can have Emunah without Bittakon but you can't have with without Emunah because Bitahonis means pre, 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 pre. you have to right? believe in something. You have to believe in the Creator. Who's going to guard you? Who's going to guard you? Okay, I'm going to end off over here with just one story. and the story is the story of Onculus Hager. Onculus Hager, he was the nephew of Titus. The commander says Titus was mad with him. Why? Why did you become a convert? Okay, but first he had to catch him. So he sends a platoon of soldiers, bring me Onculus. And Uncle is such a good talker, he was such a brilliant man. He persuaded them that there's a God. So, you know what? They say, listen, we'll stay with Uncle. It's not going to go back. <laughs> we'll stay here. <laughs> we have bitachon. <laughs> the bitachon we have in God is greater than the bitachon we the, have in the emperor. We hate the emperor. So, they stay with Uncle. He sends another platoon. They stay with Uncle. The third platoon, he says, don't talk to him and don't let him talk to you. Okay? To get commands, he tries to talk to them. They, they say, we can't talk to you. Sorry. It's okay, just one second. I need to kiss the mezuzah. He kissed the mizuz. They say, "What are you doing?" He says, your, "Your king needs many soldiers to guard him. Our king guards us." So yeah, let's hear some more. <laughs> and they never went back. He he never he never sent any more soldiers <laughs> to find him. But that's uncleless. Uncleless knew who really is protecting us. So he kissed the mizuz because he realized Hashem is protecting us. And the truth is that is the truth, right? lo yishmor ir, shav shakat shomer. If God does not guard a city, all the policemen, all the guards with us. Hashem has to guard the city, and that's what we pray for. And that is what's called Hashka That's the highest level of bitachon. Know that God is with me right now. Right? That's what David says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of Death, in Psalm 23. I will fear no you because you are with me now, right now. I'm holding, it's like holding Hashem's hand, Halavai. We'll all be on the level where we can feel Hashem's presence. And that's really what Sukkot is all about. Sukkot is this idea of sitting in Hashem's presence. But silodta. To sit in the presence of the Holy One. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahanyTime.com.